Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. <laughs> this is your announcer, Neil Patrick Harris. Welcome to the original Theme Park Podcast, CoasterRadio.com. Here are your hosts, my close personal friends, Mike Collins and E.B. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the original Theme Park Podcast. You are listening to CoasterRadio.com. My name is Mike. I'm here with my friend E.B., and we are set to do one of our favorite shows of the year. That's right, Mike. You're here with your friend E.B., but we're also here with our friend Arthur Levine. Arthur, hi, how are you? I am fine. How are you folks doing? We're doing great, and this feels like even more of like a get-together and a, and, a, and a friendly thing because this is the first time we've ever done the show after meeting you in person. I know. It's been years, and we, we kept saying that one of these days we have to actually meet, and um, fate, as fate would have it, uh, it we, we just were never able to, even though we, we attempted it. But yes, finally, uh, uh, during IAPA in Orlando, while you were there for your meetup, uh, we got to finally get together, not only uh, to have dinner, but we also hung out at Universal, which was which was great. I, I, it was a real thrill for me, and it was it was so wonderful to finally meet you guys. I was worried personally that like you would meet us and then be disappointed, much like there, there was the famous story of when we went to Holiday World and did a show there. And remember, EB, those guys drove like 15 hours to come see us at <laughs> Holiday World? <laughs> yeah, and then they were so disappointed. They were like, oh, oh, this is it. Just a couple of guys with a folding table and a few microphones. <laughs> no, far, and they were not happy. It was far from it. You were, you were wonderful guys, uh, as I expected you would be, and uh, it, was, it was just a real joy to meet you. It was so fun. It was so fun. And uh, just uh, sharing, uh, you know, tales of parks and and all that stuff. But then actually getting to ride some rides together, too. That was great. It was uh, it was something we talked about for years. So so good. And uh, of course, this is the show that we look forward to all year round. I know listeners do as well. It's a great way. I love this because it's a great way to get excited for what's coming. And admittedly, in the past couple of years, like the number of rides that we've gotten to talk about are a little smaller just because of the pandemic. But this year, I feel like, you know, for the first time in a while, we've got a huge slate of new attractions opening. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. So this, for for folks who are wondering, this is our 2023 preview episode of CoasterRadio.com, where we look ahead at everything that's going to be opening in the new year. Mike, we've already decided, I think there's so much that we're going to split it into two episodes. So this is going to be part one with Arthur Levine, who comes back and joins us for this episode every single year. Arthur, you are an expert amongst yourself. And please please explain to people who maybe are joining for the first time uh, for this preview episode of CoasterRadio.com who you are and why, why you ought to be here. Here to, 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 <laughs> well, this episode with us. I am a theme parks journalist. I've been doing this for 30 years. Um, kind of an odd vocation, but one that is fueled by passion, one that I absolutely love. And uh, even though I'm getting a, a bit older now, I still have the uh, the, the enthusiasm and the energy and, and the passion remains. Um, and, and I just absolutely love what I'm doing. And um, it's great to be able to share a little bit of my expertise here with, with you and with the, with the listeners of Coastal Radio. And actually, one of the great things you got to do recently was head to Disneyland, right, for the Disney 100 celebration, the big kickoff of that? I did. I did. And it was so great to be back at Disneyland. It's That's really kind of my happy place. I, I hadn't been there in about four years uh, because of the pandemic and for other reasons. And so to finally get back there felt uh, just wonderful. I love Disneyland. I, I love the Magic Kingdom. Um and I know it's the most popular theme park in the world, um, but there's something about the original Disneyland park that just calls out to me. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the scale of it, the fact that Walt 
personally designed it and walked the streets there. Um, the just just everything about it just feels right, and and I just I just love Disneyland, and so it was great getting back there. Really love the Disney 100 celebration. Um, they of course debuted Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which is virtually identical to the one that is at Disney. Disney's Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World, with the exception of the queue. The queue is really fabulous, well done. Um, it is uh, the conceit is that Minnie Mouse has put together a uh, an exhibit of uh, retrospective of Mickey's uh, Mickey's career, and um, yeah. so this because this is in in Mickey's Toontown, you have to kind of go with the logic that um, they have props from. Uh, many of the films that he appeared in. So you see the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the plane from Plane Crazy and the, uh, the ship's wheel from, um, from, um, the Steamboat Willie. From Steamboat <laughs> Willie, exactly. Sure. And, and, and all these, all these things. So the, it, it's just delightful. It was really, uh, a, a, a lot of fun. And then they had two, um, nighttime spectaculars that they debuted. Um, one of which was Wondrous Journeys at Disneyland. Um, this is a, uh, a castle show with the fireworks, but also projections, not only on the castle, but up and down Main Street. It was wonderful. It was so well done. Perhaps maybe the best nighttime spectacular uh, I've seen, uh, certainly at, at Disneyland. Um, it, um, it was an, an homage to all 62 feature-length animated films. Every single one of them was represented in the show. Um, really uh, had great emotional appeal and just was, was so well done. Um, just really, really loved it. Uh, also, there was uh, a new World of Color show, World, World of Color 1 um, in the Lagoon, a fountain show at um, uh, at uh, Disney Cal- uh, Disney. Uh, California Adventure. And um, that show was a little less um, spectacular. I, in in mm. my mind, it was a bit muted. Um, and even though this was the Disney 100 celebration, um, most of the most of the films that they were paying tribute to were more modern uh, from the more modern era, not really any from uh, the era of Walt Disney, for example. And mm. uh, so I was, uh, you know, it wasn't quite as good as, as uh, wondrous journeys, I would say. And I was a little surprised too, just to, just to share with you guys um, in my mind, the fact that this is the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney uh, company seemed to be a great cause for celebration. Uh, and yet at the event, uh, there were no celebrities, there were no uh, executives other than the president of Disneyland, no legends that they brought back. Um, so I was a little disappointed in that. I was kind of expecting that the company itself would make more of a big deal to kick off their Disney 100 celebration. Mm. But other than that, uh, the event was was absolutely wonderful and uh, just always great to be back at, at Disneyland. Yeah. And I like that that's the headquarters, that Disneyland is sort of the headquarters of the celebration because, I mean, the Walt Disney Company is so synonymous with Southern California, you know, where they're, where both studios were, the original one and then the place where it currently is. But then Disneyland itself is just so Walt. Like you said, he walked those streets. You know, the, I love the fact that there are pictures of him in locations that look exactly the same today. You know, and you can actually go and like recreate photos and things if you wanted with, you know, to stand where Walt Disney stood. So I've always thought that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Disney, they have a kind of a, a little bit of a dilemma there where they, um, they, they want to, uh, they want to keep as much as possible, maintain the heritage and the tradition and keep many of those opening day attractions, uh, there. But at the same time, constantly evolve. And I think they do a masterful job at it. I mean, they've got Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, for example, uh, there. But also they have the carousel and the Autopia and all these classic attractions. So I, I, I think that they, they do really a wonderful job of, of uh, maintaining um, maintaining the, the traditions of, of Disneyland, but also um, constantly evolving and bringing in new and innovative uh, attractions and lands. Yeah, there was an interesting discussion we were getting to on the Coast Radio Discord about Disneyland and Walt Disney and the fact that currently 
every now and then you could go to Disneyland and walk through Main Street USA, and there's actually a man who's a cosplayer who shows up looking like Walt Disney, and he kind of walks around, and people oh, take un- photos un- of him. Unofficial, right? This is yes, not unofficial. an endorsed guy. He right. just shows up, looks kind of like Walt, looks a little Tom Hanksy Walt. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I think so. and, and yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, but then I started wondering: has enough time passed? that you could actually do a an official Walt Disney walk around character or is that kind of too weird I don't know I I'm I'm on the fence on that but I I would definitely take a picture with a official Walt Disney character I, if he was I, I'm there. not on the fence I think that that would be ridiculous Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I mean Walt was a real guy I I I just I can't see that I just can't see <laughs> that What if it maybe if it was like Walt Disney today yeah. <laughs> so like a, a zombie Walt walking around with his head in a jar. At, at Halloween. At Halloween, you could do that. I sure. Think. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. my. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I, one day I want to get into more. I, I'd even like to have that cosplay actor on Costa Radio to talk about, like, what is that like when he walks through Disneyland? And does he introduce? Hopefully, I don't think he introduces himself as Walt. I'm sure he's like, hey, I'm Joe. And I happen to look a lot like Walt Disney. Hopefully that's what's going on. But we'll see. Yeah, I've just seen I've seen clips. I haven't seen anything with audio, though, of him actually interacting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was at Walt Disney World once for a Halloween event and somebody showed up looking like John from Peter Pan, like one of the kids from Peter Pan. Hey, that's and not he, creepy. Well, he was getting mobbed. It was an adult dressed as that, but he was getting mobbed for autographs and pictures and quickly the Walt Disney World mafia like showed up and like we're like oh no 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 you gotta get out of here you know they they like whisked him away very quickly but it was just some you know some dude. guest who was there so. yeah yeah no anyway. you see the, you see the, the women all the time especially with as princesses going to the park and I wonder yes. how how quickly they get swooped down on and and you know scolded yeah if you look too good if you look too much like an you look too actor, good so. you're too good yeah. for Disney get out of here there you go <laughs> well why don't we jump right into our 2023 preview and since we're talking about Disney let's talk about one of the most awaited roller coasters uh, I, th- I think it, because it's been under construction for years and years and definitely slowed down because of the pandemic, but it is ready to open in just a couple of weeks. And that is Tron light cycle run at the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. Yeah, you know, I. I, I think maybe before we jump into that, I just wanted to say that this is kind of a funny year. Um, you're right, Mike. This is a year in which we are seeing a real lot of attractions. And I think yeah. that's great. And I think that that speaks well for the industry. And I think it speaks well for, you know, recovering from the pandemic. Some of the attractions, as we go through the list, we'll, we'll discover that um, they were delayed probably because of the pandemic. And uh, so, so we're seeing some of that, you know, some of that residual, uh, some of those residual attractions. But what I did want to say is it's kind of a funny year in that, especially for uh, coaster fans, there isn't really, you know, one uh, or maybe two coasters that sort of rise to the top of, you know, that, that were just uh, highly anticipating. Um, yeah. Six Flags, of course, has been having some difficulty and they have not, they don't really have any major coasters that they're debuting uh, this, this year, um, other than the one in Texas, I guess. Um, and the Cedar Fair Parks, likewise, they have, you know, uh, th- there are a couple, but no real, you know, major marquee headliner attractions, uh, nothing that, um, is, is, is exceptionally tall or fast or, or does, you know, crazy things. Um, th- there are a couple and, and, and we'll get to them. Um, but I, I would say probably of all the, all the attractions, probably the one that um, I'm most anticipating, and I think perhaps most people are, would be Tron Light Cycle Run uh, at Walt Disney World's um, Magic Kingdom. And this um, kind of is um, indicative of a trend that we've been seeing for the past few years in that it's it's hard to look at this ride and just talk about it in terms of being a pure coaster, um, because in terms of being a pure coaster, it looks like it, not not looks like. I mean, I, we have a pretty good sense of what it's going to be. It's it's it'll be it'll be great, and and, and people will will really enjoy it. But there are many other coasters out there that I think you could compare it to and say that yeah, this will be a pretty good coaster, but nothing you know especially noteworthy about it. However, mm-hmm. it has an incredible. Um, show that is 
part of the 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 whole experience. And in that sense, it really is sort of a part dock ride and part coaster. And this is something that we've been seeing. Um, We've been seeing more and more lately, and I think it's a great trend. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really, uh, uh, I, I've enjoyed many of the um, coasters that combine dock ride elements, and um, and and so this is just uh, another in a, in a in a long line that we're seeing parks, especially the Disney. And, Disney and Universal Parks uh, doing. And um, so Tron Light Cycle Run, I actually have had the opportunity to ride the one in Shanghai. I was there for the opening of Shanghai Disneyland. And, oh, okay. And uh, all indications are that this will be virtually identical to that. And so I can tell you that if, in fact, it is the same, that the queue for this is, is mind-boggling. And people are going to be just blown away by it. You really feel like you've entered the grid and you'll experience uh, things that you'll recognize from the movies. And you just really get a sense of, uh, of, of total immersion, I think, in the queue. And there are some really neat effects in there. People are going to enjoy the pre-show and, and, and get, a, get a huge kick out of it, I think. Um, and then when you get on the ride itself... It has a heck of a launch. Um, it will be one of Disney's fastest coasters. They haven't announced the speed, but if it's like the one in Shanghai, it should be right around 59, 60 miles per hour, which um, will put it just behind, I believe, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy coaster, making it uh, one of the fastest coasters at not only at Disney World, but at any Disney park. Oh, and um, so, you know, 59 miles per hour, nothing to sneeze at. It, it's a great launch. Uh, and, and I think most people have seen the, um, the video and, and, and are familiar with this where uh, the ride starts inside, goes outside under that mm -hmm. beautiful canopy and uh, then enters the show building. Once it enters the show building, it kind of loses a little bit of its oomph. Uh, and, and the coaster part of it is not, you know, quite as, as um, thrilling as it is during the launch and while you're outside. And also the show elements inside the building, again, assuming that it's similar to the one in Shanghai, while they're great, I think they pale a bit in comparison to, for example, the Guardians of the Galaxy coaster that opened last year at Upcot. That, I think, is just phenomenal. And so I think kind of the timing of this, where this has been delayed so much uh, that Guardians open first and then Tron is opening second, the comparisons will be inevitable. And I think people mm -hmm. will probably agree with me that Guardians is the better overall ride experience. That that's my expectation anyway. So that is uh that's my take on Tron Light Cycle Run. Do they explain as part of the story why the the light cycles go outside? <laughs> right, you leave the grid. Yeah, you leave the grid. I've always I'm, I've wondered if there there's a part of the story that explains that or is it just that's just part of the ride and you're under the canopy and you're still on the grid, but it's more for the people outside just to get excited. Well, it's been a number of years since I've been on it and I can't mm -hmm. quite remember, but I don't think so. I, I don't really know why it goes outside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's kind of weird that it starts inside, goes outside and then goes back inside. I, yeah, I will, yeah. however, say that when you're outside, especially at night, uh, the theming is just so beautiful. That canopy is loaded with um, all these kind of programmable LED lights that do all kinds of crazy things, including uh, tracing the path of the coaster and, you know, oh. they change colors and they just do amazing yeah. things. So you kind of feel, I guess, sort of like you're still in the grid, even though you're outside. Yeah, well, it's Arthur, beautiful. Arthur, I wanted to ask you, what do you think of, of the merits of the actual Tron movies? I mean, is this the right IP for Disney? Do you like those movies? It's, it's an odd choice to me. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm an, an enormous fan. I've seen both of them. Um, and I'm looking forward to the third one. I'll check it out, but, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan. Is it the right IP? I don't know. Um, it, it's a little difficult for me to, to answer that. Um, but I will say that the Shanghai coaster is, you know, really well received and, and, this will be, I believe, one of the premier attractions at Walt Disney World when it debuts. And I think people who have no uh, knowledge of the Tron movies will still enjoy the experience. 
Okay, that yeah. was yeah, that was what I what I was going to ask because I have admitted I think on this podcast I have not seen the Tron movies. <laughs> The, the new one, the the most recent one that they did, I really enjoyed, especially just for the visuals and the and the design. The visual design was great, and I think that's what you know this Tron yeah. Bicycle Run is based on that. Um, but I, I I agree with you guys. I think that even if people don't know it, I think they're just gonna like you know the Daft Punk music. They're gonna like the the visuals. Sure, I'm the going I'm going know. into the computer world. That's all. you Yes, need. yes, yes. That, yep, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I thought the yeah. most recent movie was a little strange with the digitally altered jeff bridges that that was it was kind of weird but but oh yeah but, yeah but it was it was a good movie i enjoyed it yeah i mean yeah i'm curious what part three is going to be i think jared leto is going to be in that or something so we'll see we'll see what that's all about um so when i was a kid i went to cypress gardens and my one memory that i i have burned in my head from cypress gardens was a boat ride that went through all of these canals and you saw like you know just beautiful scenery and things like that and um, I was bummed out when that went away years later because I when I went back to uh, Legoland, that was gone. Um, but I was so excited to hear that they were bringing it back, although just a little bit different. They're going to call it Pirate River Quest. Well, and as it's open right now. It opened just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And th- I mean, talk about, you know, new school with Tron going old school with Pirate River Quest. This is not even like a tracked ride. This is you're getting in a boat and you're going yeah. on the the old canals. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, there's an actual guy, you know, running the outboard motor in the back, taking uh-huh. you through and stuff. It's, yeah. But I really like this, Arthur, because there's a ton of stuff to see. Um, it's all themed to Lego, but it's 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 really cool, and you still get that original Cypress Gardens experience. Yeah, unlike you, Mike, I did not go to Cypress Gardens when I was a kid, but I did go there when I was an adult. And like you, uh, at the time, there was no, uh, there were no river boats, but I I do or canal boats. I do remember seeing pictures of it though, and I think that they had, uh, you know, the Southern Bells with their hoop skirts along the banks. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. According to the, the the photos that I've seen, this is nothing like that. This is themed to pirates and uh, Lego pirates, and uh, apparently it's a twenty minute long experience. So it's it's uh, it's it's pretty long, and it's lightly themed. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of the Jungle Cruise, uh, except this is pirates instead of you know the African jungle, I guess. Uh, it looks very cute, and uh, of course the target audience there are are young kids so i think that they are loving it will love it not only i i believe does it go in the canals but also goes out into lake eloise and and i think like you said mike unlike the jungle cruise i think there's actually somebody piloting that boat so uh, it's yeah. not on a track, I don't think. Yeah, so I'm excited to check yeah. that out. I love rides like that. Yeah, it's it's real boats, and it, and, and I think you even have to wear put kids in, in life jackets and the whole thing because it is it go, does go out into the big lake and everything. And I and I was reading about this too. The Legoland was kind of describing this as you know something outside of kind of what Legoland typically does, but they were positioning it as sort of like a gift to the locals because yeah. people have memories of, of Cypress gardens, you know, almost a hundred years. And this was always there. And when it closed, I guess in early two thousands, the boat ride, um, people really missed it. And it was a lot of work for Legoland who, you know, they do not operate gardens. That's not their thing. So this was a new challenge for them. And they they said that they were very happy to bring it back. So yeah. Cool. And, and I think it's great too, that they actually have maintained an area at the park that they call Cypress gardens. And it is uh, pretty much, they've left mm-hmm. intact one part of the park that um, is, is very lushly landscaped and really beautiful. And, and, and unlike anything else they do at any of their other parks. So I think it's great. I, I agree with you that they, uh, they do honor the tradition of Cypress gardens there. Yeah. And the thing I like, too, I remember back when I was a kid, I mean, these are like real canals with real fish swimming through them. I remember on the boat ride that we took, a, a bass jumped out of the water and into the boat. So it's like it was real. And that wasn't like an animatronic fish. That was like a real fish. So, you know, it's kind of cool that you actually get into some nature in the park. That, that normally doesn't happen at theme parks. You know, everything's artificially recreated and stuff. Yeah, no, so, no animatronic cool. piranhas or, or yes, elephants yes, or anything. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. So speaking of Florida, one ride that I'm really excited to see how it gets received and how it rides is Pipeline the Surf Coaster at SeaWorld Orlando. Mm. And we were speaking before we started recording uh, this week's show about how on Reddit sometimes, like there are things that get said about this show, like Coaster Radio hates the roller coaster museum. That That is not true. That's erroneous. That has never been said. But people hear us talk about that and maybe make some jokes and it becomes... Oh, we hate it. Same thing happened this week on Reddit. 
people saying that EB and I hate the idea of the surf coaster and think it's going to be a failure. <laughs> That's erroneous, too. We did not say that. We just had some fun about the bouncing seats. But I, I, I'm going to go on record. I think in EBU, too, we want to see what this ride is. We're excited for it. We're kind of curious how it's going to be received. And we're not quite sure because of the history of stand-up roller coasters. But uh, I want to go on record for all the Reddit people. I am excited about Pipeline the Surf Coaster. I think Pipeline the Surf Coaster is kind of like a Tron roller coaster. Nobody asked for this. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> asked right. for a stand-up right. roller coaster. <laughs> Are you now, Arthur, what's your experience with stand-ups? Are you excited to have a new stand-up roller coaster? Is this something you want? <laughs> well, my experience with stand-up coasters is very similar to the experience that you and listeners have had. Not very good. <laughs> but <laughs> right. uh, am I looking forward to this? Yeah, I am. And and I'm curious to see what they have done with this uh this bouncing uh bouncing seat uh stand-up uh, arrangement that, that, that they've developed. Um, also, I know, EB, you've said that it's a little strange that they call it Pipeline the Surf Coaster with a surfing theme and everybody is facing forward. I, I, I kind of joke and say that this is kind of the Hang Zero Coaster. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. Yes, there you go. Yeah, I, I'm excited just because I, I really like the lineup of roller coasters at SeaWorld Orlando. I mean, it's it's kind of becoming a place that if you're a coaster fan and you go to visit Disney or Universal, you have to go to SeaWorld Orlando because of just the lineup there. And I think this adds another unique coaster to that. It does. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I was saying earlier, you know, that there aren't really some major, major coasters that people are just going to be dying to, to ride this year if you're a coaster fan. But this is certainly one that I think has piqued people's interest. Uh, certainly it, it has piqued mine. Um, and, it, you know, it, it, it's going to be 60 miles per hour, 110 feet tall. It will include some, uh, well, one inversion, I guess. Uh, it will be a launch coaster. And and the fact that it's um, going to be about two minutes, uh, considering that there is no lift hill, it's a launch coaster, that's fairly long. So uh, this will be a considerable coaster, and I am very curious to see what it's like to get into that sort of semi-crouch yoga pose and, and bounce up and down as it as it goes through the course. Uh, and I'll uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, because with most roller coasters that are built these days, you kind of know what the experience is going to be like. I mean, when an RMC is built like Iron Gwazi, you sort of know what you're getting. But in this case, it's the first time in a long time where we don't exactly know what we're getting. It could be mm -hmm. something completely different, especially with that bouncing. So we'll see. And you guys were at IAPA on the on the show floor, so you saw the train, uh -huh. or you saw one of the cars anyways, and uh, it, it's huge, as, as you can attest. The, the, yeah. the seats and the, and the train itself, uh, they're, they're, they're quite substantial. So this, this, will, this will be quite something to see visually, uh, if nothing else. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for it, despite what people on Reddit are saying. I'm, 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 I'm we don't, excited. We to don't do it hate is. it. We just think it's kind of weird to surf like a bulldog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's the joke, too. Right, there right, right, right. There you go. Now, staying with SeaWorld, but going on the other coast to San Diego, Arctic Rescue is coming. And this is, uh, this is the year maybe of kind of the motorbike or straddle coaster. Uh, we've got a couple of those. Uh, coming, but uh, this looks fun—a good addition to the park. Yeah, this is going to be a, a relatively small family coaster. Uh, it's only going to be thirty feet tall. I believe that they have some height restrictions at SeaWorld San Diego, and that's why they they chose this particular coaster, this particular layout. It's going to be very similar to um, Wavebreaker, which is at SeaWorld San Antonio, and it will be a tire-propelled launch coaster will only be reaching a top speed of 40 miles per hour. And um, as we will be talking later today, uh, it'll be very similar to Dark Coaster at Busch Gardens Williamsburg. The difference being here that this will be outside and won't really have too much of a theme, I don't believe. I think there's going to be maybe uh, a little bit of that there might be a, a, a little bit of a show building scene at the, at the uh, loading station, but that'll be it, I think. Yeah. You know what? The SeaWorld and Busch Gardens parks are good at creating roller coasters that kind of level up, you know, so, uh, family coasters that you could ride. Sometimes they're Grover ones or, uh, you know, the wacky taxi one they did. But then, you know, it kind of moves up a little further to a ride like this and then all the way up to the major, the major ones. I like how they do that. That's good for families. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that. 
Yeah, that's good. Um, I love Knott's Berry Farm. I, I wish that I lived in Southern California so I could visit there more often. Um, we actually went there as part of a Costa Radio meetup a long time ago. That was great. Uh, and actually went back um, after we did the one at Magic Mountain. We had a second uh, day there. I remember that. That was great. Um, but Montezuma's Revenge was such a cool ride because it had the it was the original Schwarzkopf uh, you know, looping uh, ride that had, the, I think that was the original drop weight model too, uh, that actually went down and, you know, made, propelled the ride. Uh, but I like that instead of just ripping this out and putting in something new, they are going ahead and renovating it and making it into some type of new special ride. And they're calling it Montezuma, the Forbidden Fortress. Yeah, I love I love Knott's Berry Farm as well. I think it's just a wonderful yeah. park. Um, certainly one of the, um, the, the the showcase parks of, of, of the Cedar Fair chain. And yes, the original Montezuma's Revenge uh, opened in 1978, used that flywheel launch, as you as you mentioned. And it was one of the early steel uh, inverting coasters uh, had that that big loop in the middle. Very simple layout. Um, it launches, goes through the loop, goes up a spike, stalls, goes backwards, goes back through the loop, goes up a spike on the other side, stalls and ends. The whole thing was over in a matter of seconds. Uh, they're going to keep pretty much the, the very same layout. What will be different about it, however, is that uh, instead of using that flywheel launch, it will now be a magnetic launch, and it also is going to be randomized. So Passengers will never know whether they're going to launch forwards or backwards. Uh, that should be quite an interesting wrinkle in the experience, I would think. And also the queue, as well as I believe um, during uh, in, in the uh, in the loading station as well, there's going to be uh, some theming about this forbidden fortress, and uh, so there'll be a bit of a pre-show and 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 some kind of themed experience, um, kind of going along the lines that we were talking about at the very beginning today about this this idea of uh, combining dock ride elements with with roller coasters. Uh, Knott's Berry Farm is doing that a little bit here, and um, I, um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's great, and I, I agree with you. It, it's great that they're pretty much keeping the same layout and paying uh, tribute to the original Montezuma's Revenge, which is a classic ride, uh, but updating it with modern technology and, and giving it kind of a whole new sheen. Yeah. Really, really cool. And I, what were we reading about, EB, about the every 50 launches, it's like a special launch or something? There's like they're was, only going to do it. Yeah, that was, a, that was a rumor that we heard was that there was going to have some sort of special thing happen, but we don't know exactly what it was, if it was going to be another launch, if it was going to be some sort of, you know, effect that was happening in the station itself. But uh, the idea that it's random, I think that's kind of fun. Right. I don't know how I love that it. comfortable that's going to be not knowing if you're going to go forward or backwards so you can't brace for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's going to be the hard part. You're right. You don't know which way because either way, when you launch forward, your body does one thing, but launching backwards, you do another. So I like that. That's going to be cool. Yeah, that's good. We got one more here before we take a break uh, at Cataland in Texas palindrome. And I this, I think, takes the cake for my favorite name for a new attraction in 2023. I love the name too. Uh, this of course is at the Circuit of the Americas racetrack in Austin, Texas. There has been, I believe, an existing uh, Codaland Park, but pretty much just kiddie rides. Uh, they are expanding that uh, considerably. This will be one of two major coasters that they are going to be uh, debuting this year. And um, I've always found it strange that the word palindrome itself is not a palindrome. I've never, yeah, never quite understood right, right. that. But for folks who don't know, a palindrome is a word that is the same, uh, the same, and uh, going forwards and backwards. And and of course, this is a ride, a, a shuttle coaster that goes both forward and backwards, um, and will have a vertical spike at the end. What's interesting about this is the vertical spike is going to have what they're calling a hop stall in it. It's, yeah. it's got a bump so that when you go up the spike and down the spike, you're going to get a little bit of airtime. And I've always found it really kind of neat to experience airtime going backwards. Uh, there aren't, there aren't too many places, uh, too many coasters that offer that, but this will be one of them. This is a, a, a Gerstlauer coaster. Um, it is one of their Infinity Shuttle coasters. It'll be 95 feet tall, go 51 miles per hour. And one of the cool things is it's going to have a zero G stall, which it seems like that, that uh, 
coaster manufacturers seem to be contractually obligated to include a zero G <laughs> oh, yeah. stall in their coasters. Oh, yeah. It's a great element, but this one is going to be stalling over a road with traffic going beneath you, which is kind of weird, but kind, yeah. but kind of cool. And I think uh, I'm wondering how distracting it's going to be for people driving on that road with this people hanging upside <laughs> down above them. Yeah, this, I know. This, this is this is. Have you seen this? But I've never seen it going over a real road. Like sometimes you see it going over like a work road or something at a park. Well, I don't. Never, I, like, I think it's going to be like we there are we we do know there's other roller coasters that go over the road, right? We what is it? Six Flags over Georgia. They talked about Goliath goes outside the park. Well, it's like <laughs> yeah. technically it kind of no, it doesn't. Um, so this is a a road that is a part of the the whole circuit of the Americas. But yeah, it's going to have traffic on it and things. And I think people are kind of sleeping on Kodaland. It's already got three coaster credits in the in the kitty coasters they have in that short scoff this um palindrome this gerstlauer looks really really cool and i guess we'll talk later about circuit breaker yes. the vacoma tilt coaster which is uh, like you were saying the surf coaster earther is unique and coaster boys are going to flock to it i think Codaland is is going to be a part that people are going to want to get to the experience of tilt coaster we'll get to that later though yeah i i agree i think it is going to be uh a, a, a haven for coaster fans for sure yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah, we maybe think about a uh, Coaster Radio meetup there. We'll have to check that out, right? That'd be mm-hmm. a good, that'd be a good place for one. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got more great attractions coming up in 2023, uh, including uh, maybe a, a ride that was supposed to open at Lost Islands theme park in iowa so we'll talk about that primordial at lagoon yeah. and uh i, I want to really talk about dark coaster at bush gardens williamsburg yeah. i'm so curious i want to talk that about too. that too yeah so good so we will be right back this is coasterradio.com this episode is brought to you by paramount plus Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome back, everybody, to the original Theme Park Podcast. You are listening to CoasterRadio.com. My name is Mike, here with my good friends EB and Arthur, having a good time. Getting excited about 2023. We've got some great attractions coming, and we're only halfway through this week's show, and then we've got a whole other show next week. I think I think in total we're going to talk about 27 different new attractions, and that's not even all of them that no. are coming to parks around the world. Yeah, it's great. Well, and, and, and I'm excited about the second half of this episode. I'm looking at the list here. There's some really good ones, and we don't have a lot of time, so we got to get going. Yes, yes. So let's jump right in at Universal Studios Florida. A lot of construction going on right in the middle of the park for a Villain Con Minion Blast. Uh-huh. And I, I've I've said before I need to get into these minion movies because I just don't know the characters well enough. So now that I've got some kids, I've got to sit down and watch this with them so I can enjoy uh, the, these rides at the park. I think you'll enjoy the movies, Mike. Uh, yeah? Okay, good. <laughs> this is going to be good. an interactive shooter experience. Um, what's different about it is that. Instead of sitting in a theater or instead of sitting on a ride vehicle, you're going to be on a moving walkway, which for some reason Universal is calling a motion-based pathway, which seems like a a totally unnecessary way to describe this. Um, And what will be interesting about it is that I believe the path of the walkway will be winding uh, and there'll be screens and practical sets and people will be um, shooting at things and scoring points. And uh, because it's the minions, I'm sure it'll be real cute. Hmm. I I'm just so curious about how this is going to work. Um, If you're on a moving walkway, that means the guns themselves have to be wireless I'm assuming. And so you're going to have a hard time. I feel like having people put the guns back properly, but the moving walkway thing in a kid's ride is really confusing to me. I've been to the park with kids. And if it's like a dark ride shooter, like a, like a Scooby-Doo um, ghost blasters or whatever with the moving, um, in, you know, entry and to get into the vehicles, or if it's a, a roller coaster, even with a moving walkway, kids mess around on those, <laughs> right? Think about them. <laughs> Think about the moving sidewalk at the airport. No kid can resist or teenager for that matter. Screwing around on that thing. How can you do this in the dark for an entire ride? It's not, I don't know how it's going to work. I'm an adult and I can't resist. I, I still, I jump on them and sometimes walk backwards and have some fun <laughs> on them. So yeah. I, I don't know. No, nobody really knows the details, but I don't know that it's necessarily going to be wireless, um, wireless, guns wireless shooters um 
I, I think if they were wired to something that moved along with the with the moving walkway, that would oh, help. you're like next to a pedestal of some yeah, sort that would maybe, help or? tether people in place and prevent them from doing the goofy things that you guys were just talking ah, about. Um, yeah, but yeah. but I don't know. You might be right. It could be wireless, and and who knows? And and you know, if adults are standing in front of kids, impairing their view, how how is that going to work? And so I I would imagine that Universal must have figured this out uh, i would right. hope they would anyways <laughs> yes. and um yeah. we will see what what will what will happen uh it'll be cool if they have animatronics in there they did say that there will be some practical sets but i'd love to see some uh animated minions i think that would be neat i have a feeling there's probably going to be projection mapping in there as well um and you know universal has been doing a pretty pretty great job with many of their attractions lately so i have high hopes for this I yeah, think it, it yeah. sounds unique and it is going to be interesting to see how it's done. This is another ride, I f- you know, in, in, in a ride system anyway, that we haven't seen before. So people are going to be curious just for that, I think. And if it, maybe the, we were talking before, maybe the, the reason behind this is capacity. If you don't even have to load a ride vehicle and you're really just pushing people through this thing, it, it could be a huge capacity, you know, people eater. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm so curious just about the technology. This is going to be neat. Another ride where we don't exactly know uh-huh. what it's going to be like. So I'm excited for that. That's good. Good. Um, you know, there are so many attractions opening all around the world, a lot outside of the United States. So we'll talk about a couple of those right now. There is a new park, Katmandu Park, which looks beautiful. So we should talk about that for a little bit. But one of the headliners of many new attractions opening there is a Voyage of the Fathom Wanderer. And uh, it's one of those flying theaters that I'm really, really excited to experience one of these days. Yeah, um, I, I, I know that we're running short on time, so I'll just tr- try to quickly talk about this. But Katmandu Park, I have really high expectations for this. And this is another trend we're seeing. This is uh, what is being called in the industry a micro park. Uh, Mike, I know you you were at Peppa Pig Park, and that's a micro park as well in the sense that it's not a major theme park with lots and lots of attractions. It's meant to be experienced over uh, not a full day, but but a matter of hours. And there are only going to be four major attractions at this park, Katmandu Park, um, but it will they will be... Um, you know, e-ticket level, Disney level, one of which, as you said, is Voyage of the Fathom uh, Wanderer. All of these things, by the way, are based on a proprietary EP um, from Falcons Beyond uh, that they are introducing here at Kathmandu Park. Um, And um, so Voyage of the Fathom Wanderer will be a flying theater, uh, will take guests under the ocean where they'll encounter a menacing sea creature. And I just want to briefly say the other three major attractions. One is Legend of the Deserata, and that's going to be a Spider-Man-like roving motion base uh, vehicle with 3D media um, that will take you to Nepal, to Kathmandu, I guess. And um, the third one is Challenge of the Mad Mage, which is a 4D theater. It will be interactive, uh, have a large format screen. Uh, people will be issued blasters. The seats will have motion to them. And then the fourth major attraction is uh, EtherQuest or EtherQuest. will be a walkthrough uh, experience. We'll incorporate projection mapping. There'll be some gaming and interactivity. And uh, so those are the four major attractions there. And the park itself will be paired with the Falcons Resort, this very high-end all-suite hotel. And I I guess the idea is that you stay at the hotel and you can go back and forth to the park. I, I, I think the park will also be open to people not staying at the hotel. And as you said, this will be... Um, in Punta Cana, and uh, and um, in, and um, this, as I said, is is uh, part of this trend that we're seeing with micro parks, um, not unlike what we just heard Universal announce for Texas, uh, and, yes, and and yeah. often these parks, like Peppa Pig Park and Sesame Place, are, are geared to families with young children. And I think that's sort of the case here, although the the attractions are uh, certainly more high end and 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 maybe you know aiming for a slightly older audience than we would see at Peppa Pig theme park, for example. Yeah, I like this trend of the smaller parks where they can do a lot in them, you know, and a lot of theming and really, you know, it, sometimes when you try to go for a big gigantic park, 
you know, the theme is kind of spread out and it takes a while for the park to truly live up to expectations. Mm -hmm. So I find that interesting. Um, I I was going to say, I am planning to visit uh, Camp Mandu Park. I've been very intrigued by this. It's it's really kind of a a very interesting concept. And I hope to get down there actually fairly soon, probably over the next, you know, six, eight weeks or so. I'm I'm going to be heading out there. Oh, we'd love to talk to you after you get back, Arthur. That sounds that sounds very sure. Cool. Sure, I'd love to come back. Yeah, 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 great. One of the big stories from last year was Lost Island Theme Park in Iowa, uh, which was a, a gigantic uh, project that they took on. You know, this was there's the Lost Island Water Park that was there, uh, and then they went ahead and kind of like John Hammond and uh, and Jurassic Park spared no expense, had a lot of fantastic rides, including a ride that they bought from Lizzie Berg. Uh, the Canon, uh, and they changed it. That's what it's. It's an Intamin uh, accelerator. Uh, now they call it Matu Gandhi, uh, but it has been standing but not operating because they were waiting for a part for the ride uh, that was delayed due to supply chain issues. Yeah. It so was, like this big headliner that they could not open in their opening year. Yeah. So it was almost like a soft open. I mean, we don't see ground up parks come up uh, very often. So this was really exciting last year. But I think this year is going to be the year for Lost Island. Yeah, and a lot of people talking about how they delayed their trip uh-huh, exactly. to Lost Island because of this ride. They they were saying, well, I don't want to go until it's open. So, boy, I wonder if they get this open and it's running this year, do they have a different summer than they had in their inaugural summer? Yeah, I, I hope they do because um, apparently the attendance was uh, a bit disappointing for them, and, and I was I – was, disappointed to to hear about that and i hope that this does um give them the uh incentive that folks need to go out and visit the park this is going to be a lower profile this is a lower profile uh intimate accelerator coaster you know unlike king dakar a top thrill dragster it only goes 78 feet tall it does have a top hat like those coasters uh it reaches a top speed of 47 miles per hour but still should be a very thrilling ride and 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 certainly one of the headliners at this park yeah i'm looking forward to it i, I really do want to see that because i like they, they've they've really you know they just didn't like buy off the shelf things and plop them down each ride. Oh, it's has... a lot of intentionality at that part. Yeah, yeah. With, it's always the theming, theming and everything. Stuff. Yeah, and I'm so hoping really I'm, I'm hoping I'll get out there this this year. It's it's on my short list for sure. It's not. It's yeah. it's a long weekend, Iowa. I can get there. You can do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One one that you saw was it last year? Or you've done a couple trips out to Lagoon in Utah, right? I haven't gone lately, and I said, and even before long, I'm the last time I was at Lagoon was before Primordial, which is. <laughs> How long has that coaster been underway? Long, long time now, but it's finally going to be opening up, and I, it is a reason to get back to Lagoon. And Mike, this might be the the thing that motivates you to get to Lagoon for the first yes, time. Yes, I think so too. This is the year of like long awaited roller coasters that have been under construction for a long time, and Primordial <laughs> is one of them, uh, but scheduled to open this year. Uh, people pretty excited about it. I like that they do so much of their stuff in house. Mike, like you, uh, I have not been to Lagoon, and it is high on my list of parks that mm-hmm. I really need to get to. And this may be the incentive for me to get out there. Um, we don't really know much about this. They haven't released many, if really virtually any, details. Um, but we do know that it's going to be a 36-inch height requirement, so this will be a family coaster. It's not going to be a major thrill coaster. Much of it, if not all of it, is indoors in this beautiful-looking mountain that they've created, uh, right in the foothills of the actual mountains there. And um, they're also calling it an incredible state-of-the-art attraction. And of course, parks are not shy about slinging the hyperbole, <laughs> but... Um, we'll take them at their word and perhaps something really wild is going to go on inside this coaster. Again, reinforcing my, um, assertion that the, um, merging of dock rides and coasters is this trend that we're just seeing more and more. Yeah. Well, I, I would encourage both of you guys to get out to Logan. I would, it's, it's one of my favorite parks. It really, really is. Maybe maybe Um, we should all meet up there. Yeah, could, oh yeah, that totally yeah. could happen. Let's do that. Well, and and Arthur, you talked about the the merging of the dark rides and the roller coasters. I think that's the last one on our list for this week, Mike. Before we uh, we we close up uh, our our talk here for 2023 previews, um, we'll, we'll of course come back next week with more 2023 new attractions. The whole the list will start all over again with a whole bunch of new rides. But let's talk now, Mike. This is your home park, Bush Gardens Williamsburg. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, Curse of Dark Castle was the innovative dark ride. They built that up. Uh, We were there in our inaugural season of Coaster Radio for the opening of that. 
And it was just, it was, it was really special. It was something that was so close to Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man at Islands of Adventure. I mean, and to have that at a regional park was really special. Uh, that ride was shut down. I mean, rumor was that it just cost too much to keep up. There were so many components and technologies in there. Uh, but now we can look forward to Dark Coaster at Busch Gardens Williamsburg, an indoor uh, straddle coaster. Uh, but this is just like Pipeline and so many of these, these others where we really have no idea what the real experience is going to be other than some animations they put out on video. This, to me, is my most anticipated ride of the year because I have no idea what the experience is going to be like. I'm highly anticipating this one as well. And like you said, we don't really know exactly what's going to happen. Before we talk about this, were both of you at the opening, the media event for the original Dark Castle attraction? I was there with Flava. Yeah, the uh, podcast but, yeah, was, yeah. Yes, yeah, it was our second episode, so we were there for that. Okay, yep. and I've been listening since the very beginning. I was there as well, and I, I knew you guys. I guess I didn't know that you were there. We we actually were in the same space at the same time. Uh, oh, there we go. Okay, so to Florida yeah. Because I was there. And what a what a wonderful attraction. And I agree with you, Mike. It's it was wild that a regional park had an attraction of that caliber there. I'm hoping that Dark Coaster will at least approximate that. Um What's interesting about this is that there's only going to be 1,400 feet of track, which is not a lot of track uh, for for a coaster. But um, Bush Gardens is saying that guests will experience 2,450 feet of track, yeah. therefore indicating that either people go through this, maybe there, there are two laps that they go through, or maybe it's a multi-pass coaster where they go forwards and backwards over the same section of track. But in some way, um, riders are going to be going across multiple times uh, sections of, of, of the track. And I'm wondering if there may be some screens in there that let's say it goes through two laps, but because it's in the dark and because it's screen-based, they'll completely change the the media and mm -hmm. people will think that, you know, they've been on this extended uh, experience, not realizing that they're in the same physical space. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows whether there'll be any uh, practical sets, show elements, animatronics? Um, I don't think that there will be, but we will see. Uh, apparently the theme will be similar to Dark Castle, which was kind of this, this cool Gothic uh, theme. And uh, I, like you, Mike, am, am also looking forward to this and, and I hope to be out there to to check this one out myself. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious to see if they do. I mean, all all signs point to them using that fast Intamin track switch type thing where one train can be in the station loading while the other train is going through the course twice uh -huh. and like you said i think i think that's exactly what they're going to do change the media to make it seem like it's one big long roller coaster in there where really it's going through the course two times and then coming back into the station so that it's uh, I, I like how they solved a problem you know they've got a limited amount of room in that show building but can actually make a longer roller coaster experience. So I I'm, I'm so curious. It's what it's such be. a good idea. I feel like, and I'm so surprised. I'm, I'm I would love to have the listeners out there if they know of any other, you know, grown up roller coaster that sends you around more than once. Because think about like riding a roller skater or any of the like kiddie coasters. They'll always send you around a couple of times. Yes, right? You just yell yeah, at the operator, yeah. send us around again. It's just a short ride. Send us around again. Why hasn't this been done before? And I don't know if it's the switch track technology that's prevented it, but I would love to see this become a thing. You know, get more roller coaster ride out of less track. That, yeah. That's great. Yeah, this could be an innovation, you know, like uh, out of necessity, they did it. But other parks may see this and go, wait, we could do this, too. You know, not have to build a huge, long roller coaster, just send people through it twice. So. Well, mm -hmm. that's the beauty of combining dock ride elements with a roller coaster, uh, having an, an indoor building like this. Uh, you can do that without people realizing that they actually are going around twice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Except I'm trying not to get too excited. Right. Because, you know. You never know. You just never know how far they're going to go with the effects inside. It could just be a fun roller coaster and, you know, kind of a mid-level roller coaster for Busch Gardens. Or if they really do it well and there's a great story and, you know, they keep it up to the level of what Curse of Dark Castle was just in terms of theming, it could be great. 
So I I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm trying to keep my expectations down to not have that in disappointment. I'm trying. (laughs) Regardless, I think it's great that here we are. We just had Pantheon open last year and Busch Gardens is opening Dark Coaster this year. And, And again, I think this just points to the optimism that parks and the industry has uh, post pandemic that, you know, that, that, that the industry is viable and thriving and, and, and they're, they're investing major capital. So that alone, I think is, is, is something to applaud, uh, Bush Gardens for. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are only halfway through. Uh, We have finished part one of our 2023 preview, but we're going to be back next week with uh, uh, equal number of roller coasters and thrill rides and dark rides and family rides. So it's going to be so much fun. Uh, Arthur, before we go, though, tell people where they can find all of your information, including uh, the fantastic uh, weekly content that you are putting out, which I love. I love reading all of your stuff and getting it in my mailbox every week. Well, thank you, Mike. And actually, you were featured in the most recent post I put up, which was uh, asking people to talk about uh, the Walt Disney Company here at the 100th anniversary. And you were kind enough to provide a, a brief essay along with some other uh, notable folks from the industry. So thank you for doing that. And folks oh, sure. can find that as well as all of my other content at about theme parks dot fun that's a-b-o-u-t theme parks dot f-u-n and that's my sub stack and people can subscribe for free there or they can become a paid subscriber and get some bonus content uh, i encourage people to do that i've been doing this for 30 years and um and and most recently have moved over to Substack, and i'm having an absolute ball there because i have total editorial control and can do things like invite you mike to come on and write about the walt disney company and you, you did so uh, which you did so eloquently and wonderfully Oh, thank you. And and this, the, your content is so great. Like, I really encourage people out there to check it out, because if you want to be kept up to date on just what is happening across the world in theme parks and amusement parks, all the content is right there. I mean, if you just subscribe, if you read what Arthur is writing, you're and you read everything, you're up to date, you know, everything that's going on. And you know, you, you, you're just going to be able to tell all your friends exactly what's happening in the world of parks. That's really great. And I'd like to believe that I do it with a sense of style and a bit of panache. Um, and that's, yeah, that's one of the beauties yeah. of, of being on Substack is that I, I don't have that editorial oversight and I can just kind of be myself and geek out and, and talk about this thing that I love. That's great. So very, thank very you cool. so much for being here. And we're looking forward to another show next week. Just more, more great rides to talk about. Looking forward to it myself. Yes. Very and cool. EB, we also, of course, one, not only want to thank Arthur, but also want to thank everybody out there who is listening. Uh, but the people who make the show possible, including Theme Park News from Coaster Radio, our other podcast, are our friends at patreon.com slash Coaster Radio. That's right. You can find Arthur at aboutthemeparks.fun. You can find us at coasterradio.com. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash Coaster Radio. Thanks to everybody who supports the show, especially those at the $20 level. Alex Payne, Brian Cosson, Brian Wackler, Chris Rankin, Cincinnati Nick, the sweatshirt guy, our friends at Club Z, CM Venom, Colton Lickerich, Dan Dyler, David Sakala, Dino, Elliot Atkinson, Grace, John Brody, Josh Combs, and Karen and Lee Howron. Also, Kevin Wilson, Kyle Kiefer, our friends at Made to Thrill, Matt Walker, Michael Fuco, Mikey Mayo, Paolo De Los Reyes, Randy McMurray, Rich Barber, Rick Burnley, Ryan Delaney, Shane Mankiewicz, Skyline Michelle, Timmy Young, Tom from Louisville, and Zachary Carpenter. Also, thanks to our honorary executive producers, Tyler Ray, and our friends at the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Mike, we need to do a, a happy hour hangout this yes, week. Yes, we do. We do. Yeah, that would that, be that, fun. That, we- that, that, that- That'd be a great way to start off the year, talk about all the new rides and things like that. Maybe this week or next week. We'll do that soon. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, maybe maybe we do next week's episode and then we've talked about them all and get together and see what people are thinking for uh – for you know what they're what they're most looking forward to because the thing about this year there's no cl- like Arthur said there's no clear cut winner for what's the most anticipated ride or what is going to be the best ride of the year we're going to have to really wait to the end of 2023 and for the first time ever or in recent years at least it's going to be a, a fair fight I think interesting and weird new experiences I think that's the theme that we've that we've seen and Arthur you're still with us I had I did have one more question I wanted to ask you yes. about Dark Booster mm-hmm. um, and this, this can kind of be our kicker here at the end for the people who stayed through the credit do yes. you think the fans named Dark Coaster? <laughs> <laughs> that's good, yes, that's a good question. Because that's that was just question. like a joke name because it went into the old Dark Castle building, but then Bush Gardens actually named it that. Do you think the fans named it? Well, I think since they're going with a similar theme, 
Um, certainly, could it be coincidence? It could be coincidence. Yeah, I think if they're sitting around a conference table and talk, trying to come up with a name, I, I can't imagine that somebody would have said, "Hey, how about Dark Coaster?" Since we're sticking with this this crazy theme, and you've got the the K in there, like you had the the you know the C became a K for Castle. Um, it just seems like an obvious leap, but uh, maybe maybe the fans had something to do with it. I don't know. I love, I love that. I love the idea that maybe it had some other name, and then they were like, I don't know, guys. This guy on the forums has a better name. Let's change it. <laughs> Dark Coaster. And then you're in the meeting, and you're like, oh, darn it. That's better. Oh, no. What do we do? Oh, like, what do we even pay it, you yeah. for? Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, guy who named the ride. <laughs> All right. I know. I w- I, they'll never tell us. But, no, I, but no. wouldn't it be great if they did, if they're yeah. like, yeah, no, the fans named it. Yeah. So great. Well, Arthur, thank you so much again for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. That's going to be another good episode of CoasterRadio.com. As our 2023 ride and attraction preview continues. Thanks for listening to the original Theme Park Podcast. For CoasterRadio.com, I'm Neil Patrick Harris. Peace out, suckas. CoasterRadio.com is a production of Lift Hill Media, LLC. The show is intended for private use only and may not be redistributed or broadcast without our express written permission. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. At The Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.